gotta, I'm real. We got to be real. We got to know what God's word says. We got to live according to it, whether we like it or not. This is not a popularity contest, and we don't need everyone to like us. People that are living according to the enemy, we don't need them to like us. We need to go out and we need to disciple them and show them that they can move from death to life through Christ, right? So now you want the title? Things believers should not say. If you're a believer in here, this, this qualifies you. So if you get all mad, that's called offense, and just take it up with the Lord. Repent, you got it. You know, we're not meant to be offended. Jesus wasn't offended, and they crucified him, took him to the cross, and he went to hell and took the keys. So you know what? We don't have the right to stay offended and be mad. I don't like this. Well, it's not about you. I don't like worship. I don't care. It's for God, not you. You know, I don't like the way you do this, or I don't. It doesn't matter because you are now a servant of Christ. So things to say you should not say. Um, I got to write this early in the morning hour because I thought, can I give you guys a story first? It's funny. It's, it's kind it's ha-ha funny, maybe not for my husband. I'm used to this. So we have three dogs. One, you know, I had to get a puppy because my daughter is going to take her dog and my other one is old, geriatric. And so my brother goes, hey, will you watch my geriatric dog? And that dog is like 15 years old, like she don't barely move. And so two nights ago, I thought, oh, this is great. She's easy. She just lays on a pillow all day. Until the night. She is a sundowner. She comes alive. So I'm up in the middle of the night, going in and out. I lost the dog. I'm like, you can't move. It takes you 10 minutes to move five inches. I open the door, and you just disappear. God transcend you. I don't know what happened. So this dog's gone, the puppy's crying, and that's the first night. The second night, my daughter's like, oh, my husband is going to be working. Can I bring the family over? She doesn't have children. She has dogs. So we have six dogs, two puppies, one with a broken leg, two geriatric, one, and then the, the middle-aged dog doesn't like the geriatric dog, so now he's, by, and this is what's going on all night long. Then everybody is, then the old dogs are like, I'm incontinent now, so in the night, <laughs> See, my husband usually sleeps through all this, but I asked for his help. So he doesn't think it's as funny. I'm laughing in the middle of the night because I'm like, this is hilarious. We have a sundowner dog, and we're taking it in and out, and I'm losing it, and this one's crying. And I got a bassinet for my dog to sleep next to me because I don't want to. I legit have a bassinet. We should find the picture. I told my husband I did a thing, and he's like, what did you do? When I say that, it always is something crazy. So I have like a legit baby best in there. I'm like, we can wash it, keep it for kids, right? No, no you guys are too good. You're all like, oh, she raised children? Some of you are like, you guys, you, you taught my children? Yeah. Hmm. So that was how I got. So if you don't like this, it came in the middle of the night. The Lord just, um, just was speaking to me because I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping. You want to talk, Lord? And the Lord's always says yes. So let's go into Romans 12, too. It says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively change as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, which means focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourself what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So God's saying there, you live in the world. It's broken. It's been broken from the beginning, but you don't have to be of the world. You've got to live in it. You know, Until you go to heaven, you live in this world, but you don't conform your thoughts to what 
the world is doing, you need to conform your thoughts, your ideas, your values to what God's word says. So in the world, we use a lot of sayings, and unfortunately, believers use them too. And with social media, I see a lot of this stuff, and I'm like, this ain't from the... <laughs> I'm, vi- I'm very dramatic. Um, and we've, we've adopted them because it's like those little foxes just sneaking in. We think, oh, that sounds really good. But did God say it? Right? Who, who's heard cleanliness is next to godliness? Do you know that is not in the Bible? But how many people do that to their kids? And when you, when you were growing up, they're saying that. And I'm like, when I got saved, I was like, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. And, and so I started asking, Lord, like, what, what things are we adopting and we are accepting into your church, into your kingdom that you never said and you never wanted for us? So this first one, it's going to trigger some of you. So. <laughs> To start repenting now. <laughs> when people say, I'm sending you good vibes. Just, I'm just sending you good vibes. I don't know what kind of vibes you got. I want you to send me the God's word. God never said send good vibes. Where do these vibes come from? You know, if they don't come from the Lord, there's only two things. It's from God or it's from the enemy. That's it. There is no in between. God's word says it. You're either for him or against him. Knowingly or unknowingly, it doesn't really matter. That's where it's, I'm going to send you good vibes because I don't want to offend you by saying I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> if someone gets offended, you're just offending the demons that are around them. Let them get offended. Let them get freed. Let them get set free. Let them meet Jesus, okay? Pray for them. So we as believers, when we see everyone like, I'm sending you good vibes, I'm like, what's a good vibe? But I do know when I say I am praying for you that I am activating the kingdom of heaven that is partnering with whatever you're going through. And it has all power and authority. How much, but how many of you guys want all power and authority when you're going through crap? Yep. Yeah, I don't need vibes coming at me. I need the kingdom of heaven surrounding me with angels, swords drawn and, sit, drawn and saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what you're going through because the kingdom of God is with you. See, there's a difference well, they might get mad if I say I'm praying for them. Let them get mad and pray for them so that they can experience the power of God. Right? That's good. Okay? In Psalm 16, it says, it says this. It says, said the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good beside you. So good vi- there is no such thing as good vibes. There is nothing good outside of God. He is good. That's goodness. God is goodness. So in the next one probably heard this one. Maybe you've said it. If you said it, just lie and say you didn't. <laughs> Don't lie. That's wrong. Too. I'm just joking. Just live your truth. Just live your truth. <laughs> there is no your truth or my truth. That's an opinion. There's a difference between a truth and opinion. You, live, you could go to someone and say, you just live your opinion. That's fine. We're not here to go up and try to, you know, wrestle people into the kingdom and force them, are we? No, just live your truth. What you're saying is, I don't actually want to deal with this. I don't want to actually, you know, tell you that, no, what you're doing actually leads to death and destruction in your life. There is only one truth. Truth is a person. It says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a person. Anything outside of that is a lie. We don't get our own personal truth because truth is a person. It was created in Christ Jesus. It says he is the truth. 
It doesn't say he has the truth. It says he is the truth. So everything inside Christ, inside God's word, inside the kingdom is the truth. So if the world comes to you and says one thing, you can be like, I'm sorry, that might, that's not your truth. That's a lie. Because the truth, the kingdom says that. You can argue opinions, but you can't argue the truth. You can think you have your truth, and you can also be wrong. Because I'm going to side with the kingdom. John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You want to get to the, there's not many ways to get to heaven. Being a good person does not lead you to the kingdom of God, right? You can be probably the best person that walked the earth, but if you do not have Jesus, he says that is the only way you can come to the Father. There's lots of different ways you can come to Jesus. It might be reading your Bible at home. It might be someone ministering to you. It might be, you know, coming to church. It might be God, you know, comes to you in a dream or a vision or something like that. It doesn't matter how, but it all comes through Jesus, the truth. That is how we enter the kingdom. So, because truth is just not up for debate. Um, you cannot be changed no matter how good of an argument you think you have. Truth is truth. Is, could you pull that door shut for me? You know, he's having a little hard time. That's okay. Um, it's okay. No, you're perfectly fine. Um, so um, the next one is, I think I've used this one when I just don't want to deal with something because I'm being selfish. Let's be honest. I don't care if you have been a believer for years. There's times that we are selfish. There's times we have to tell our flesh, oh, you're already dead. Get back down there. You just do you because I don't want to tell you no, right? I don't want to tell you no because you're going to get mad at me and you're going to unfriend me on Facebook. Because <laughs> that's how we have our social status now, right? You do you. Really? What if you wants to steal, hurt, and harm people? Should we just, you just do you. You want to rob a bank? Just, just do you. Well, my money's in there. I have some stake in this. I don't want you to do you. I don't want you to be a thief. You don't just get to do you. Oh, I have a family, but you know what? I just feel like I didn't have a childhood, so I'm going to just abandon my family. It just got to do me for a while. Right? And then we all, and then, then people get around, yeah, you just do you. You deserve it. No, you deserve hell like everybody else. And it is only through the blood of Christ that we deserve anything and have any righteousness. The word of God says, no, you obey God's word. You don't do you, you do what God says. Because when you gave your life to him, you gave your life to him. You are now a servant of Christ, which means we submit our, our life to the word. And when we have those moments where our life is contrary to the word, or we are still learning about it, he's like, I made it easy. You can easily repent. You can easily seek wise counsel. You are easily restored. We just sing a song, Grace to Grace. He's like, you may do it a hundred times, and my grace is going to cover it. And when you repent, my grace is going to cover that. And my grace is going to continue continue covering as you continue to try to walk like Christ. So don't be like, well, I just can't. Yes, you can. If you have God's spirit living in you, you can. And if we accepted Jesus, we can. we got to do what God says. You know, man is inherently evil. It's only the grace of God and the blood of Jesus that covers us that brings any goodness or any righteousness. Do you guys know that? In Ephesians 2.10, Oh, wait, I'm not there yet, so <laughs> I got off my notes. But he's, he talks about man's heart is inherently evil because, you know, without Christ, that, that's what we are. 
Every generation we think, oh, this, this is so bad, you know. You hear, oh, things are just getting worse and this has happened. It has happened for generations. It has happened for generations. They sacrificed children all the way back before Jesus walked on the earth, and we do it now today. Right? We kill babies, and we're like, oh, we want to sacrifice it so our lives will be better, so I don't have to. Sounds the same to me. Because man is inherently evil, and that's why Jesus, God said, you need Jesus. Because without him. So I don't want to just do me. Oh, I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing. You ever let a like, two-year-old loose in your house? And they just let them do what they feel like doing? No, we don't do that. I did that before. And my house ended up TP'd, and there was food everywhere, and things were destroyed. Because I passed out when I was <laughs> pregnant. I woke up to this one. I decorated the house. Until, yeah, I don't let them loose because what she wants to do and what she should do are two different things. Right? Some of you guys watch your kids better than me, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to share something because me and Matt were actually talking yesterday, and I said, you know, we only have the ability that God has called us to preach. We're not in any position better or worse than anybody else. God has called us to love this community and be here. And we said, you know, it's not because of how well we've served. And he, I said, it's because fruit. When you are raising your children, when you have that, when they come out and they love the Lord, that's your fruit. There's too many people, too many pastors, too many believers, too many ministers, too many people getting up in front and all they've done is plant seeds and they have all, there's no fruit or their fruit is rotten. You got to grow it. You got to sow it. You got to take care of it. That's the word of God. You got to put it over there. So I make fun that my kids were crazy. They did kids stuff, but our fruit is our children that love the Lord because they're all here today on their own free will. We didn't have to bribe them. I don't think we've ever even asked our children to come to church. Because, you know, when you love them with the love of Christ, they want to be near to the kingdom and the family. And I just wanted to say that because I just am thinking, you guys probably think, I let my kids run wild. I, I did because things that don't matter, I didn't really worry about. But the things that matter, their eternity, I don't need my kids to like me. I need to know that they know Jesus and that they're going to spend eternity in heaven and not spend eternity in hell. That's more than if my kids like me oh, they like me for this time on earth and then I'm separated from them forever and know that I just wrecked the entire generational line because I didn't want to say no to my children. I say no to you guys all the time. And <laughs> she is married and I will still scold her. <laughs> Going to come have me take care of your puppy. You're putting a smack down. Don't think that because you grown you ain't getting a spanking. I will spank you. I will spank any of my kids. I don't care. Like, you're going to, I mean, I've even said, I said, you can live however, when you, when you were adult, I said to you, I said, you can live however you want. You just can't live however you want in this, and under our household, because our household, we serve the Lord. So if you would like to do things contrary to that, you are welcome. We send you freely, and you have free choice. But as for our household, we serve the Lord. So if you want to do anything contrary to serving the Lord out, you're welcome. You can live under a bridge. You can live in your car. You can do whatever you want, but you're not going to live here and invite the enemy into the atmosphere. And they didn't. They're great kids. It worked out. <laughs> we all feel that, right? we got to get over that seed, be watered. You know, that's the thing is we can't just throw our seeds out and be like, you'll be fine. Let them do whatever they want. we got to water. we got to say no to them sometimes and say, you know what, we're not doing this. We don't just say, 
you do you. No, no, no. We're going to do the kingdom because there's people that are dying and going to hell because we're focused on us instead of what we were called to do, which is preach the gospel to the world. Next thing. You guys don't look very happy right now. It touches us, doesn't it? Because we pick up these things from the world and we think, I just want to be nice. I don't want to be nice. I want to be good. Nice is fake. Oh, how are you? You know those people that you're like, I know you hate me. I know you don't like me. But I'm going to stand real close to you just to make you uncomfortable. I see people like that all the time. I know they don't like me, and I make a point to go out and say to them, oh, can I pray for you? Oh, I just love this about you. And I say all the good things, and it just heaps coals on their heads. Like, you don't like me because I serve God, and you don't like that I'll stand up for those things, and I am nice to you, and now you have nothing bad to say about me, which makes you even more mad because you can't even gossip because there ain't nothing to say. She was so nice to me. She paid for my groceries. I can't believe her. Gosh. Ugh. Think she's so godly. Yeah, because I have Christ. That's why I'm godly. Not for anything I've done. Not anything you've done. It's by the blood of Jesus. You feeling the theme, the blood of Jesus? Paid for it all. Next thing. Be your authentic self. What if your authentic self is self-harm, mutilation, harming others? Well, that's just who I am. I'm just, I'm just a, a tortured soul. No, the enemy tortured your soul. You were created. Your authentic self is that you are a child of God. That's your authentic self. Because authentic actually, um, where am I? I lost my thing. But authentic actually means the original origin. So we were created in whose image? God's image. So that's our authentic self. We are a child of God. We are created in God's image. Anything else is not authentic. Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Isn't that good? That's what we were created for, nothing else. We were created for good works, not to do harm, but to do good. And we were created, you know, by God and everything that he had, he had prepared ahead of time through Jesus, didn't he? He said, I made you be able to have eternal life. I, I gave you a family, which is the kingdom of God. So if you didn't have a family, God's like, doesn't matter. I already gave you one. It, it doesn't matter what the world is doing. I already took care of it. That's pretty good. That's a good parent, isn't it? When your kid comes home and they're crying and everyone was mean to them and you're like, I'll be your friend. I'll take you for ice cream. I'll do anything. You know what I mean? You want to take care of your child. God's the same way. When we come home and it's like, it's just so hard. And he's like, you know, it's okay. I already got this. You don't have to worry about things. Moms or dads, you know, whoever. That's how, how we feel about children. That's how God feels about us. All right. You guys want another one? Just follow your heart. The word says that the, the heart is deceitful above all things. Jeremiah 17:9. it says, the heart is deceitful above all things. I don't want to follow something that's deceitful. Do you guys? And it is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? That's in Jeremiah. I love Jeremiah. I do. He cries a lot. So then when I cry a lot and complain a lot, I can be like, I'm just being like Jeremiah, God. And God's like, no, I gave you Jeremiah so you learn from that. 
But this is God's word. God said that. But then you're like, but Jesus says he lives in my heart. Okay, let's get to that. We follow Christ because he needs to give you a new heart because yours is junk. Because we allowed the world, sin nature comes in. A heart full of sin nature is junk, and it doesn't want good for you, and it doesn't want good for anybody else. So he says, I'm going to give you my son. You're going to get a new spirit. You're going to get a new heart. In Ezekiel 36, now you guys are going to like this one, um, 26 if you want to follow him. Moreover, I give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statures, and you will keep my ordinances and do them. You will live in the land that I give you to your fathers, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. That's good. So he said the heart's deceitful, but he's like, don't worry about it. I already have a plan to give you a new heart, a good heart, you know, that wants good things, that's going to lead you into righteousness. Is that good? And he's like, you don't have to do anything. You just have to accept the free gift. That's good. So if you're like, so we follow our heart. I have followed my heart into some terrible things. Like our emotions and stuff like that, right? How many guys have made bad choices? Dated people and you're like, uh, you know, we call it missionary date, and you think, oh, I can change them. You cannot change them. Only the Spirit of the Lord can change them. You know, things like that. Like, we've made bad choices, and after we do it, we're like, oh, that maybe I shouldn't have done that. I remember <laughs> when we were young, like, when you're young, you always think you can do one of those get-rich-quick get schemes, right? Everyone tried a pyramid scheme. If you didn't, you're a liar. Like, you're like, oh, you're like, oh, look, if I sell this many, and then I'm going to be a millionaire. It's like, no, they're already millionaires, and you are their minions. It's fine. There's, like, five people that are. Um, but we all do that, right? And, I, and every time you hear it, you know, I don't care if it's selling Tupperware or whatever. These are all, that's what happens. And so we all try it when we're young, don't we? And as we get older, we watch other people, and we're like, yeah, you got to learn. But my husband, I was like, I just really feel like we're supposed to sign up for this. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, I am sure. I, I like prayed about it. So then he's like, okay. We were, I don't even think Layla was born yet. So it was in our dumb days. We still have some, but not as many. So I did this. I signed up. And in the night, the Lord said, I didn't tell you to do that. You go get your money back. And I was able to get my money back, and it worked out. But my heart that, that deceitful piece, I wanted to go with my flesh and be like, oh, I'd love to, you know, follow this and get rich quick and not have to work and do nothing and just eat chocolate cake in my room. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Like, you just don't want to do. But God's like, I actually said you should put your hand to the plow, that you should rise early, you should work hard, you should take care of your family. So being lazy and just thinking that you're going to be like, you know, rolling in the Benjamins here, that's not, my, that's not me. And so... That, that world nature that says, you know, you got to get rich quick, that's not the nature of God. God says when you come in the kingdom, you have all wealth. You have all provision. I didn't need that. And so that's why following our heart sometimes, we have to be like, God, am I actually following you or am I emotion? So I'm going to say that. Okay, this one, if this triggers you, just hold the person next to you's hand. Love is love. Just love is love. Now, this is going to get you guys. Actually, did you know the word of God says God is love? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. 
You don't get to make up the definition of love. God makes up the definition of love. He is love. That's more like people like, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to make me feel bad because just, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to, I don't even have to say anything. You just feel bad standing next to me because the presence of God is on me because I am a child of God. And you feel convicted. That's conviction because the Holy Spirit wants better for you. I'm going to read in 1 John. It says, we have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith that the love which God has for us, God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides continually in him. That's good. He's like, God is love. If you abide in me, then you also abide in love. Now, so we can't make God and say, you know, God's a homosexual, God's a pedophile, God's adulterous, God is dep depraved, you know, because I just want to, anything immoral that God stands for love. And I'm not saying you go up to people that are contrary to the Bible. I have family that are homosexuals. I actually have family line that I was raised in the Catholic Church that were pedophiles. Did you guys know that? So how do I do this? Do I go up to them and be like, you're going to burn in hell? Like, that ain't right, right? I don't have to agree with someone's lifestyle to love them. But I don't have to say, well, this is, God allows this. He doesn't. He says that leads to death. So love is not love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And I'm going to talk about what love is because we think love is this feeling. I just feel good in this moment. That's probably just lust. That's probably just pride or selfishness. Let's just be honest. Anything immoral that is outside the standard of God for love is not love. But it's pride, selfishness, and lust. I just feel all warm inside. Yeah. That's just lust. Or that's pain or trauma, right? So we have submitted to the world and adopted their cultures. Look at that. How many of you guys have heard those sayings before? Just a couple of you? You've heard? Now, I don't raise your hand for this one. How many of you guys have said those things? Or someone said them to you. And you're like, what do I do? I don't want to be mean. Because I don't think that you should be mean to somebody. I don't think that that's not going to lead them to the kingdom of God, is it? It says your kindness, Lord, leads us to repentance, right? Not your judgment. Not your anger. Not your beating someone up with the Bible. Your kindness, Lord. I have family members in a lot of those positions. And my dad passed away, you guys know, a um, month and a half ago. And my brother calls me up, and he said, I don't know if I believe. You know, I've been believing for my family for a long time. We have major pride issues in my family, homosexuality, you know, um, all the, I mean, depravity right down there, okay? And I love them. But I've been praying for them, and I've had to walk this line. And they hate me because I'm a believer, a lot of them. But my brother calls me, he said, I don't know if I believe in all the church stuff, but he said, I have met your friends, and they are the best people I've ever met. And I said, that is because they all love the Lord. So I got to minister. I didn't have to convince my brother that, you know, this or this, and it could be years, and I can still hang out with them and have fun. I don't have to, you know, do that. But I looked, and, and a lot of you are the friends here that my family got to see and be part of. And he's like, every one of your friends just come along inside I said that's my family 
They showed up to the the yard or the state sale. They showed up to the funeral. My family's like, who are these people? I'm like, this is my family. They're like, oh, like these people actually are taking care of us too. I'm like, yes, that's what the family of God does. So instead of being like, here's what the word of God says and you have to believe it because I believe it, I just love them, interact, keep good boundaries. Like if they're going to be, you know, around me, attacking me about, you know, the things of God, then I'm going to say, you know what? When you want to talk calmly, I'll be back. But, you know, I'm not. You can also just put a boundary, right? Shocking. Put a boundary. We just left. I'm going to be a victim. Quit being a victim. All right, let's go on. So we've all had that. We've, we've submitted to these wor- the atmospheres of the world. We've adopted their cultures, their atmospheres. When we are supposed to be carrying the atmosphere, we're supposed to create atmospheres, create cultures. You know, the kingdom of God should be leading in that. We should be leading and being loving and kind and generous and truthful and powerful and bold and standing up for the, the, the little ones, the lost, the weak, you know, the orphans, the widows. We should be leading in that, shouldn't we? It shouldn't be everyone... I mean, it's great when other people help, but we should be leading in that instead of pointing fingers. That means, I mean, like we said, we gave a phone to a kid. He's like, I'm addicted to meth. I'm like, but it's okay because God's still coming for you. And you know what? We're going to buy you a phone because I want to pray for you. Can we do that? Sure, I don't care. But you know what? We prayed for him. We didn't tell him, this is terrible and you're going to burn hell. I just said, God loves you so much and this life is going to lead to death that you're leading. But God has more for you. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose and a place for you. And he wants you to come out of this, this depression, this sorrow, and he wants something better. That's how you minister to someone. You don't go up and be like, sinner, you're evil. God's word says this. You're going to burn. Do you think that's going to help them? You know what that's going to make them say? You know what? I'm already hurting. That's why I'm in this lifestyle. Because I'm trying to get love because I don't know what it is, because I can't know what love is unless I I have God. That's why the world is lost and broken and keeps breaking the next generation, because we're trying to get love without God, because God is the only way that, that we can access love, because he is love. All right, so if people have said those things to you and you're like, I don't know what to do, like, they're saying them, they're, they're speaking them over me, or like I've said those, like what do I do? Okay, well, quit playing the victim and be like, well, it just happens to me. Like when they just say, you know, sending good vibes, I just think, okay, thank you. I just want to say that because I just want to get them away from me or just be like, mm-hmm, whatever. Okay, quit playing the victim. Be like, it's just happening to me. We are, we are the children of a king. We need to act like we have power and authority. So if someone, I'm going to give you all the tips so you can't go out here and be like, well, I just had to agree with them because, you know, I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to be mean. Great, I got some answers for you. How many of you guys would like some answers so that you don't have to attack and be mean and, and that you can actually lead people to the kingdom in kindness? Yeah, yeah? that's good. Okay, because in here, we like a little conviction because it grows us and makes us, you know, built up, builds our character so that we can go out and minister the word, right? All right, so if someone says, I'm just sending you good vibes, I just say, actually, can you just pray for me instead? And make sure you have this on. Don't have this on, okay? Have this on. Hey, actually, could you pray for me instead? I don't really know what good vibes do, but I know what prayer does. Could you pray for me? And they might say no and say, okay, thank you, and then just keep going. But they're going to see that you're saying, I'm not tolerating that. See the smile? I'm in control. 
you better be scared because I'm not, you know, and basically that's what you do. You know, I teach love and logic. You teach the children when you say something to them, you get down at their level and you're just smiling because now they're terrified like mom ain't even worried about this and she's <laughs> smiling so now the problem's mine. What you're doing to them, you're saying, I have a problem with you trying to bring the culture of the enemy into God's kingdom. But you're saying it with a smile. And you know, so many people, they don't even know why they say that. They're just saying it because culture does it, right? They're just following. Little zombies falling around. They don't even know why they believe something. That is so true. My kids have been in school, and people are trying to debate them, and they never can. You know why? Because they're just listening to what their parents said, but my kids had to do it for themselves. I was like, no, you're going to get in the word. I'm like, no, you, you need to learn other religions and find out what it says. You don't get to pass and just do that because you need to know what you're combating. And all you do is when you go and you find out about that religion, you're going to find out how much more you're in love with Jesus. You know what? You're going to have to stand alone. You're going to have to stand under, you know, people abusing. You're going to have to stand under, you know, bullies and all of this. You're going to do that. And mom, and you're not just going to regurgitate what mom and dad said. You're going to say, and I'm going to teach you. We taught them the word of God. We taught them how to access it. So they're not just regurgitating. That's what we need to do. We actually need to give people the truth, which is Jesus, which is the word of God, so that they can stand. All right, next one, live your truth. If someone says, I just want to live my truth, or you just go live your truth. I say, I don't even have a truth, but I am trying to live according to God's word. Because, you know, every time I do that, it seems to turn out well. I mean, can I share with you what, what's happened in my life when I didn't listen to the word and, what I, and when I did? Maybe someone will listen. Hey, you know what? Actually, my child died in my womb, and the world said she was dead. But you know what? I didn't have to do my truth. I went to the word of God, and God says that he raises people from the dead, that he healed. And my daughter is here today because they were planning to do a DNC and take this child because she was dead and she left in my womb and she is here today. Do you see how I did? If I would have just been like, that's the world's truth, the world's culture. But God says healing is true. That he, he can do it. You know, I don't know why God's like, this person gets healed and this one doesn't. I'm not God and I can't judge that. But I, I do believe God's truth and God's will, right? So you can share your testimonies with people and say, you know what? I don't, really, I don't really know what my truth is, but I know the truth. Boom. Now you, now you are a minister. Now you are an evangelist. <laughs> Woohoo! Put your hat on. Got up, went to the grocery store. I'm an evangelist. Look at that. You know, go share in the, the um, what's the aisle that has all the different country foods? Come. International food aisle. Then you can say, I'm an international evangelist. <laughs> I'm making it easy for you guys so then you don't have to have AI write your bios. You can be like, I am an international evangelist and I go into the villages. Yeah, we live in a village. <laughs> Look at that. You can just, I'm just playing a little bit. So next one. So we did, you live your truth. You do you. Thanks, but sometimes me is not so great. And I make bad choices, so I'd rather seek wise counsel. I'd rather get some advice on this. You know what I mean? And so it shows them that, like, that mindset they think just you do you, and they see that you're humbly saying, no, I, I need advice because I'm not that great. You know, as a parent, I had to go to my mom. She had nine children. She was a good mom. 
And Lana did not want to take medicine. She was like two years old. And she's like, she would not take it. My mom, all sweet. I'm like, I can't get her to take her medicine, and she's really sick. And uh, you know, I'm crying. My mom's like, bring her here. <laughs> and she goes, come here, Nana. She, oh, sweet baby. She gets this medicine. She sets her. This is intense. Like I had to watch this. It was traumatic for me. My mom just takes the medicine, puts it in her mouth, and grabs her throat and makes her. Swallow, and she's what? She's like, sometimes, you know what? Do you want her to die, or do you want? To die? It was really traumatic and shaking my child. So. But my child was very sick. Lana to this day, she cannot take pills. She's like, I'm so sick, I have to get her chewable aspirin. But she's like, I can't. I'm like, do you want to get better? Or do you, you know what I mean? Like, chew this up. I don't care what you got to do. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, sometimes we need advice. Like, Oh, well, should I just let her not take it because she doesn't want to so that she can, like, get a fever over 105 and die? Like, you know, she just, just you do you. <laughs> that sounds crazy when you say it like that, but there's people all over the world doing that with their lives, mutilating their body, leaving their families, you know, taking, stealing, everything, right? And we're just like, you do you. No, 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 we're going to do the word of God because it always leads to life. Okay, so you can give them that. Where are we at? Um, I'm just being authentic. Well, authentic is, just tell them, now you know. Authentic means undisputed origin. Oh, you want to be authentic? That means that you got to um, follow the word of God because you were created in God's image because you have a creator. So that's real authentic. Maybe not say it like with the sarcasm. I'm just doing that for you guys. But not do whatever you want to do. Question, be okay to, what does authentic mean to you? And they might say, well, I feel. Well, that's not really authentic. That's how you feel. Ask them because people get flustered and they're like, oh, like, I guess I'm not being authentic. So you like to, you want to, and this is just, I don't care if you dye your hair. Uh, I, I want to be authentic and dye my hair purple. Oh, like everybody else in your class, just be authentic, just like everybody else, right? No, like, it's okay to ask questions. I just want to be authentic. Oh, what does authentic mean? Because maybe they're just repeating that too, and they don't even know. And the thing is, when you ask questions, it will open up for you. God created it so we can be in the ministry of reconciliation, right? So when we begin to ask questions, I've led more people to life just by asking them questions about their life. you know. And even though I'm like, I don't agree with that life, but I still ask them. And I'll still pray for them. And I still tell them I love them. Or, you know what I mean? Like... When we prayed for that kid that was meth addicted, you know, he had sores all over, and I said, can I hug you? And he was dirty, and I was like, it doesn't matter, because you know what? That is going to change his heart more than me telling him, here's all the things that drugs can do to your body, right? Yeah, exactly. He knows. That's right. But that's how being authentic, like be who God created us to be, to reach out to the lost. So you asking questions could actually lead people to the kingdom. Isn't that good? Sometimes we want to give advice before we find out if they need advice or if they just need comfort, if they just need love, right? Well, I know how this is supposed to go. Well, so did they, but you know what? They're broken, they're hurting, they have trauma, and they need someone to come in and love them and care for them and give them the truth in a kind way so that they are ready to walk it out. Because we've all been there. 
Some of us were a little further from that spot, but we have been there. And we can be back there in a moment. Don't think that we are, no one, I don't care if someone's been preaching. I don't care if someone's been serving God. If someone does everything, you can be in that moment. In a, you can be back in that place in a moment when we turn our hearts from God. So ask those questions about that. The just follow your heart. Thanks, but my heart has betrayed me so many times. I get really over emotional, especially when I'm hungry or whatever you can add in there. I think I'd rather follow Christ. Just slip Jesus in there real. No, thank you. I, I followed my heart to some really bad things. I'm real emotional. You don't feed me. I don't get sleep. Things happen. Okay? I got to follow Christ. So you can, here, do you see how I'm saying it to you guys? See how my face, just get your face like this. Because some of you have this, I mean, you're like, I am so happy. Oh, my God. I can't even, I can't even knock. I'm, I'm probably smile in my sleep. My husband, sometimes I annoy him because I wake up just laughing because I have dreams and stuff. And so I'm just in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's, probably it's probably creepy for him. See, see how his face is? Look at, see, I'm like this. And this guy has the angry resting face. I have to smile double for him. And no, I got to laugh all the time. When we were engaged, I got I to gotta do this one. When we were engaged, I was laughing so hard because sometimes I would get in these laughing spells because I would just had the joy of the Lord on me so much that I couldn't. That he would shut doors and lock me in rooms and be like, stop, I can't, you're too much. And I was like, you're going to marry me. I, we're going to create little me's. We're all going to do this. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> I win. I stuck with Jesus. You guys getting that right? Come on. Stick with Jesus. My, do, my husband does laugh sometimes. It takes a lot. Like last night, I thought it was funny. He said it wasn't funny yet because we were still in the middle of it. Also, I forgot to mention, this morning the dog ran away again right after I got out of the shower, so I ran down towards your guys' house in just a bathrobe <laughs> trying to catch the dog. And I thought, well, no, I didn't have shoes on either, John. Something's wrong with our neighborhood. We don't wear clothes and run after animals in the morning hours. <laughs> don't move to our neighborhood. You're going to see some really scary things. And if you want to know some of those stories, I should, we should seriously do a YouTube channel. It, you wouldn't believe it. And the people who get stopped by people running out in their underwear in the vehicles, when it, they probably didn't believe it either. See, it's so much more fun to have the kingdom of God. Okay, so we're, you know what? We say just follow heart. We know, you know, no, I'd rather just follow Jesus. And then love is love. And then you can say, you know, actually, do you know what love is? Oh, it's just this, like, warm feeling. No, that's heartburn, honey. You need to eat less spicy food. No, no, no. No, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So if someone's like, I, I just love this person. I'm like, so they're like abusing you and terrible to you, and, and you're, you're doing the same thing. That's not love. That's infatuation. And we need to know the difference. 
You know, when we say, you know, love is patient and kind and doesn't boast, there goes the pride movement because love doesn't boast, does it? Doesn't seek its own. There goes all that narcissistic, like, it's all about me, self-love. I got to love myself first before I can take care of my children. You chose to have children. Don't neglect them. I got to just take care of me. When you take care of others, God takes care of you. I will tell you, every, I tell people that all the time, like, you're dealing with depression, go serve. Go give things away. You're dealing with a heart that is greedy or bitter or whatever. Go give people things. Me and Matt were like, now we gave, we did that last week. I'm like, I just want to keep giving stuff away. What else, what else can we give away? Went to yards. I was like, oh, my gosh, I buy everything for my kids. Matt's like, calm down. We can't even fit. I had my car so packed. I'm like, I got something for you and you and you. And you, and you get a gift. And, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seek its own, does it? For like, I got to get my needs met. Well, maybe if you meet other people's needs, they actually will be healthy enough to meet yours. Did you know that? If you're trying to suck the life out of people all the time, they're like, they can't meet my needs. That's because you're killing them. You're stealing all the life out of them before they can get filled up. So when people say that, be like, well, what does love mean? What, what do you think love is? And then you have that love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not resentful. You know, it is not quickly angered. That was my hardest one to learn. And still sometimes I'm like, I need, you know, like, because sometimes I want, the older I get, the more I want my way. You met old people? Yeah. <laughs> I can cut in front of you in line because I'm old. <laughs> okay, you're scary too. <laughs> but you know what I mean? We start thinking that because we start to get comfortable because we live that. We have, that's why we have to be, you know, renew our mind in God's word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We need to build up our faith. We need to build up what God says. And so we need to continually renew our mind with the word of God. Washed with the word, do you take a shower every day? If you do not, you need to start doing that. Okay? Use the word like that. I like to shower every day. Sometimes I take a bath. Sometimes I also go in the hot tub. Then I also take another shower. I don't care. We're doing that. Like, I like to wash. And I like hot tubs, and I like all the, you know, I have my own hot tubs, so it's not like I'm going out other places and washing them there. <laughs> That's what you guys were thinking. But you see, we what? We take care of our normal body. Why do we not take care of our spirit daily? We need to wash in the word. Let it flow over you. Sue has always said that to me. Whenever I have a problem, we'd be in the preschool, you know, classroom. I'm crying, you know, in the closet. We'd hide in the closet from these kids because, like, I want them to see us crying. We're trying to take care of them because some of these kids come from the most broken things ever. And you're like, I just want to put you in my purse and take you home. You ain't going back to that house. You coming home with us, you know. And we're buying socks and we're buying backpacks. We're putting coats. Me and Sue had, like, the stockpile of stuff that we would just be like, this kid did not come with socks every day in the winter for like a month so we just every day she'd get there we'd take her shoes off and put her socks on and you know we got to know what love is and not let but she would always tell me she's like you got to wash in the word you got to be filled in the word you got to be filled in the word you can do this because you have the word I'm like I can't do this these people some of the people were not they didn't really care about the kids and that makes me you hurt children we're going the sword of the spirit's coming out maybe a real sword I don't know <laughs> You know, that makes me, like, you make a kid sad. Like, you know, kids, I, I was probably there, like, they have to have snack time. Kids would line up, like, why do they always want to be around you when you're making snack? I'm like, 
because they know that Miss Sarah always sneaks them. Because if they're hungry, they're getting fed. They're getting fed. I do not care. Let them know that, like, you are special. And if they all came up, they're all special. <laughs> you get a special little treat, right? So like, we want Miss Sarah to prepare snacks. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's because one for you, you, and me. <laughs> we know that's true. But she used to always say that, and that's what we need to washed with the word. You need the word of God. If you're like, I didn't actually, I never heard 1 Corinthians 13. I don't even know what love is. And, and I always tell people, put your name in there. I'm going to use my name, but you use your name, okay? <laughs> Sarah is patient. So I'm speaking that over me. Sarah is kind. You know, Sarah does not envy. And that's how you know. If that lines up, then you know you're being loving. But you've got to know the word. That's why you need the word every day. That's love. We have to watch out for those little foxes that want to come in, and they look like nice little sayings, nice little things that are just keep everybody calm. Kingdom of God is not calm. There is warfare going on in the spiritual all the time. There are things, you know what? So the kingdom of God takes, is violent take it by force, right? We're not going to let the enemy just be like, let's just take these generations and all your kids are going to hell. I do not think so. I don't even say over my dead body. I say over Jesus' dead body because that one raised up. And you know what? He sits at the right hand of the Father. And you know what? I'm, my generational line, I am claiming, like it says in Deuteronomy, to the thousandth generation, my family will serve the Lord. And you should be claiming that too. To the thousandth generation, your family will serve the Lord. And when the enemy comes in, it's like, I got them, I got them. I don't think so. I already, you know, spoke. I pray over my family to the thousandth generation. Get those little foxes out. They're there to destroy our lives, our soul, our families. The world culture submits to the enemy. Let's just be honest. It's selfish. It's rude. We're born into that. But we don't have to continue in that. We need to create atmospheres around us. And that's why when, when my brother called, I thought, thank you, God, that I've created that atmosphere, your atmosphere, because it went wherever. I, wherever I went, they just showed up. And they gave my family things, and they blessed them. And they're like, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, see, this is what the kingdom is like all the time, where you're depressed and you're sad and you're in lack and you don't have, you know, we don't have that in here. Someone has lack, John comes down and brings some meat and puts it on their door from the cow, you know. You have lack, oh, I don't have anyone to watch my kids. Mima's right here. Drop them off. Got them. Got two hands, I even got two feet, I'll bounce them, I don't care. You know, we take care of each other in the kingdom because we know how to be a family. Because when we let those little things in and we're just like, it's fine. No, it's not fine. That's what ruins us. It makes us like the world. And if we're like the world, who's going to participate in the ministry of reconciliation and lead people to Christ? If we look just like those who are going to hell and act just like those who are going to hell, who is going to lift them up and show them Christ? right? If you're like, oh, I don't want to be around them, look at their life, and you're like, then how are they ever going to get out of there? How are they ever going to be set free? How are they ever going to get healed? How are they going to ever experience the love of Christ if you're just like, oh, we're separate? No, no, no. Get in those trenches. Now, it does say iron sergeants iron. They shouldn't be your best friends. You don't go to someone for counsel that's in trauma right then, right? That's not wise. Spend time with them, love them, go to people who are built up in the word, get your counsel, right? But we need to be participants in the ministry of reconciliation. Change your mindset, change your atmosphere, then you can change culture and we can have heaven on earth. Start with your family, start with your household. 
all right, Lord, we're changing this atmosphere, this culture. Heaven on earth is going to be inside these walls. I'm not ready to go outside these walls. I need some support when I go out there because I'm having a hard time bringing the atmosphere with me. But eventually the atmosphere will go with you. And the great thing is it's kind of like this bubble. And then people who, people who are, hate God and, and are rebellious and don't want to hear it, not just people who are hurting and broken, it actually repels them. I can walk around with a smile and they'll go running. They'll see me like, oh, no, and I don't have to say anything. That's the atmosphere because, you know, I don't let darkness in my atmosphere. Light and dark can't be in the same thing. You create your atmosphere. The more stronger it gets, the more it gets built out. You can go anywhere. And so if there's, if there's a dark atmosphere, it just gets pushed out as you come in. That's why we loved when we worked in the school. Everyone's like, how can you do that? And I said, we carry the atmosphere. We come together. We pray. We prayed over every locker. We prayed over every child. And you know what? We prayed over when they're sitting there. We spoke to them. We talked to them. And, you know, we created an atmosphere. And I thought, I'm not giving that to the enemy. I'm not letting the enemy, you know, treat these kids like numbers. No, they are children of God, and God loves them. See, wherever you go, when you go into your workplace, maybe everyone's swearing, and you're not. And you're just like, and then pretty soon people around you are like, oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I'm sorry, I know you don't, you don't swear. And pretty soon nobody's swearing. Everyone, and, when, and then, you know, if you start smiling, people start smiling. See, you change the atmosphere when you carry it with you. Like I always say, if you start laughing, like if I just started fake laughing, eventually we would all still be real laughing because if you're like, ha, 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 people start laughing because it starts being funny. Then we're all really laughing, and it just goes on. You see how the atmosphere changes. That's a, if people that don't know us listen to our podcast, it is hilarious. Sometimes I listen to myself, and I'm like, that lady's so funny. <laughs> but you see, carry the atmosphere. So let's pray. We'll finish up. <laughs>